I was very skeptical that Reader's Workshop would work. How could it be that letting students read whatever they wanted lead to stronger readers? Where was the teaching? And how would I be able to know where every student was in the learning process? Hi there, I'm Carolyn Wall, your host of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers looking to close the achievement gap. I'm a 20-year veteran teacher who still loves being in the classroom. Tune in each week as I reflect on my own teaching experience to bring you lesson plans, strategies, and stories that will help you develop your students as readers and writers. So grab your notepad, cup of coffee and join me each week as we dive into all things ELA. Here we go. Welcome to episode number one of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers like you. I'm so excited that you're here. I really can't believe that after months of planning that we finally arrived at the point where we're launching the very first episode. Welcome. In this podcast, we'll be talking a lot about Reader's Workshop. So today I want to spend some time talking about what Reader's Workshop is and why I believe so strongly in using it to help students learn and grow as readers. But before we get too far into the episode, I want to take a moment and introduce myself. I'm Carolyn Wall and I'm your host. I've been in education for over 20 years, mostly teaching language arts and social studies but also a variety of other electives from journalism, creative writing, to dance, and a host of other classes. For many years, I was the teacher who said yes to everything. So I've also been involved in sponsoring clubs, coaching cheerleading and volleyball, leading our student government, National Junior Honor Society, you name it. If they asked, I probably was going to say yes. I tell you these things not to brag about what I've done, but to let you know that I've been invested in education, in my career, and in the lives of my students for a very long time. It has only been in the past three to five years that I've passed the torch on to other newer teachers. I'm still in the classroom and I still love it, but I was ready to let some of the extracurricular activities go. While I've lived and worked in other states, I currently live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm literally an hour and a half from the beach and an hour away from the mountains. If you ever have an opportunity to visit the Pacific Northwest, I highly encourage you to do that. Yes, we do get a lot of rain, but after living in the hot desert of Arizona, I'll gladly take the cooler rainy temperatures of Oregon. It was when I moved from Arizona back to Oregon that I got a job in a district that utilized Reader's Workshop as their standard teaching method. Okay, so I'm going to be very honest with you. When I first started in this district, I was very skeptical that Reader's Workshop would work. How could it be that letting students read whatever they wanted lead to stronger readers? Where was the teaching? And how would I be able to know where every student was in the learning process? Something that sounds so ridiculous to me now, so crazy that I thought that, but it's what I thought. I'm so glad I gave it a shot because... I was wrong. So what I'm sharing with you is my real experience, my real thoughts, and how my opinion because of student success changed. And now I can't imagine teaching reading any other way. So what is Reader's Workshop? First, I want to say it is not a program. 
we use here that there is no step one, step two. Students do not all do the same thing. There's no program involved here. This is a teaching method. Rita's workshop is not silent reading, which I think a lot of administrators think, which is why they struggle with it. But silent reading is a component of Rita's workshop, but there's way more to it. Rita's workshop is a method of teaching reading that allows all students to work at their current reading level and at their own pace. With so many students coming to us below grade level in reading, one thing I love most about Reader's Workshop is that students at all levels can be successful. Students who start the year only wanting to read graphic novels because they perceive them to be easier will make reading gains in workshop. Advanced readers who read multiple books in a week will also make gains with workshop. This is something that I'm sad to say may not have been the case when the only reading we did in my class were assigned novels. There are some key components that make up Reader's Workshop. Choice in reading material, mini lessons, time in class to read, reading conferences, and time for students to share or reflect on the reading. These components are utilized with all students who are then able to progress at their current level and at their own pace. Let's briefly go over each of the components. We'll spend more time on each of them in later episodes, but this will give you a feel for the workshop method. First is choice in reading materials. Just like anything in life, if we've been given a choice, we have more ownership in the decision. So students who are able to choose the books they read are more willing to read them. I mean, if we can't get the students to read, we have no hope of helping them make gains in the reading and are no closer to instilling a passion for reading. So letting students choose their books is critical to getting buy-in from students. Another key component are mini lessons. What I mean by this is whole group lessons that teach or review a reading skill. This brief lesson demonstrates a skill for students who then take that learning and apply it to their choice reading book. What makes it mini is that it should only take around 10, 15 minutes at the most of your class period. It's not a deep dive into a standard. It's a focus on a specific skill a skill that you want your students to focus on as they read that day. The deep dive will happen during small group or individual conferences. You also wanna make sure that you are providing time in class for students to read. While it breaks my heart that there are administrators out there who view reading in class as wasted instruction time, I would encourage every ELA teacher to push back on that. Would that same administrator tell the math teacher not to have students practice math problems? I don't think so. Or tell the science teacher to only have students watch a science experiment, but not engage in it. That doesn't make sense. Or what about the basketball coach to tell the players to watch a game, but don't touch the ball until game time? It's so ridiculous to me that anyone would say to a teacher, you need to teach reading, but whatever you do, don't let the kids read. That's wasted time. I personally hear too often from teachers that they are no longer allowed to provide independent reading time. And that blows my mind. That's what the class is. It's a reading class. In my class, we read every day. Over time, my students built to 20 to 30 minutes of independent reading time each day. Please note that we do not start the year with that much time. As I record this episode, it's mid-October. We start in September, and my students are consistently reading 10 to 12 minutes per day, depending on the class period. Students have had their choice reading books maybe three weeks now. It's a process for sure, but well worth it to help students build their reading stamina. 
please do not start by asking students to read 20 minutes or more per day. That is a recipe for disaster. Students, especially your reluctant readers, need time to build their stamina for reading. Even when my eighth graders were used to readers workshop, I did not start the year with 20 minutes of reading. They need time to build back up to that 20 minutes after the summer break. Another component and probably the one that administrators are missing when they say reading time is wasted time is the independent reading conference or conferring. Here, in my opinion, is where the real magic happens. While students are reading, I am conferencing with individual students. It's in these conferences that I can provide the individual support each student needs, whether that's clarifying a skill or challenging a student. It does take time to meet with every student, but my goal is to have an individual conference with each student twice a month. Well, that doesn't sound like much time. I know that when I assigned reading, we did whole class novels. I didn't meet with individual students. So twice a month is more than they would have been provided before I implemented workshop. I can honestly say when I first started Reader's Workshop, conferring was a struggle for me. I didn't know what to ask. I thought, how could I help students if I haven't read the book? How could I possibly remember where everyone was in the reading process? It was all very overwhelming. This is a topic we will definitely spend more time on in a later episode. But if you're looking for some quick wins with reading conferences, I will link to a blog post in the show notes that you can check out that will provide more information and tips on reading conferences. The last component that we're going to talk about today is the sharing and reflecting. Each day's lesson ends with students either sharing or reflecting on their reading that day. Sharing what they've read gives a student the opportunity to process what they've read, which helps with comprehension because they have to immediately think about what they've read. Then they share what they've read with a partner, a table group, maybe even whole group. I found that this is also a great way to help students find books they want to read. As people are sharing, students are often writing down the titles of books. I often have my students reflect on how they've spent their reading time. I have a rubric that I use, and no, I don't grade them on the reading time, but I find that the rubric helps the students to assess themselves on how they've spent their time. They can see what's expected of them without me having to say it every day. They're used to rubrics, so they know how to assess themselves. Like I said earlier in this episode, when they first started in a district that used Reader's Workshop as their main method of teaching reading, I was skeptical, but because I was willing to give it a chance, was willing to learn to implement new practices into my class, I began to see changes in my students' desire and willingness to read. When they took away the assigned reading books, I saw students who constantly fought reading time began to ask if they could read when they were finished with a task. I saw students who were several grade levels below in reading begin picking up books without being told to and reading multiple books in a month. No, it didn't happen overnight or even over a month. It was a long, slow process. But the more I implemented Reader's Workshop, the more confident I became that it was working for my students. I began to see reading levels increase. I began hearing from parents that students were voluntarily reading at home or in the car on the way to practice. Students started coming to class asking to read. Now, I don't want to leave you with the impression that Reader's Workshop is the cure-all for every student. It's not a magic wand that suddenly makes every student love reading. But what I've learned over the years of implementing Reader's Workshop is that I reach way more students when I give them choice in their reading materials 
give them individual attention through reading conferences, and allow them time to share and reflect on what they've read. We will definitely spend more time on each of these components of the Reader's Workshop in upcoming episodes, so I hope you'll come back and tune in. But until then, I would challenge you to look at your current method for teaching reading. Ask yourself, how much input have my students been given to the books they're reading? How much individual attention am I really able to give them? And most importantly, are you excited about the way you're currently teaching reading? In episode number two, I'll be discussing how you can build a culture of reading in your class, how you can set the stage to invite your students to reading. Thank you so much for being part of the very first episode of the Middle School Cafe podcast. Until next time, have a great week.